coming, brother. Does that happen often? No, luckily it does not. Uh, otherwise, there'd be a head on a pike in front of the church. <laughs> what? A head on a, you never heard yeah, of that? No, I know, okay. It's a little I mean, funny. I can draw you a picture. <laughs> what I would expect from you, I guess. Very good. It's a good warning. All right, it is time. Yeah, so when we get to the step, I think we, I think we can wait <coughs> until he starts singing the first words of the intro. Oh, good. Well, Super. Why don't we do that? Works for me. I don't know who the MC is, but... Are you taking our Berettas? Yeah. Okay. So we're doing this new thing where like when we get to the steps where we would normally genuflect, we're going to wait for the hymn to end. Mm -hmm. um, and then once he starts singing the antiphon, then we'll, we'll genuflect and go up the steps. All right. So. Cool. <coughs> In the meantime, though, you can put the Berettas at the chair. We'll be at the foot of the altar steps. Yeah. On the, the high, the high steps. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> a little lighter group so far. We'll see what it's like by the time of the homily. That's the real test.
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Lord be with you. Brethren, let us acknowledge our sins and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and what I have failed to do. Through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore, I ask, Blessed Mary, ever Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Excelsis Deo, et in terra pax hominibus, bone voluntatis, laudamus te, benedicimus te, adoramus te, glorificamus te,
upon us, O God, creator and ruler of all things, and that we may feel the working of your mercy, grant that we may serve you with all our heart. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Thank you. 
few announcements before the homily. Uh, we have a second collection today, a diocesan second collection for the church in Latin America. Uh, second, there's donuts and coffee downstairs after mass, so you're all welcome to uh, go downstairs as long as the nine o'clock crowd didn't eat it all. I think there's still some uh, left over, but uh, you're welcome to go down and socialize for a bit after, after this mass. Um, tomorrow begins a new round of uh, inquiry sessions for non-Catholics or fallen away Catholics, as I mentioned last weekend. So those are the low-key, low low-threshold Q&A sessions about different topics of the faith that you can invite a friend to, uh, a non-Catholic or a fallen away Catholic friend. The topics are on a little flyer on a table in the back of church. Would encourage you to take one with you. 
and then finally, as I wrote in the bulletin today, um, our contact information at the parish for parishioners is kind of scattered all over the place and it's just sort of very difficult to <laughs> piece together. So we're trying to reorganize our contact info for all of you so that we can, if we need to send an email to the parish about something, we actually have accurate email addresses and, and home addresses and sacramental information for kids and so on. So uh, if you wouldn't mind, it would be a, a gigantic help to just follow the simple instructions. This should take you about two minutes uh, at home, but just getting onto our, our new parish website and, and updating your info, or if you haven't registered, um, registering at the parish uh, for the first time. Thank you very much. Okay, today's parable in the gospel uh, it's sometimes called the parable of the unmerciful servant. Uh, you could also call it the parable of the merciful master, uh, which highlights a different aspect of the parable. In that light, it's somewhat connected to uh, the parable of the prodigal son, which often, of course, we know it by that title. But some people have pointed out we could also call it the parable of the merciful father. Right? A similar thing with the parable uh, in today's gospel, which highlights in a particular way the mercy of God. So there's three things I want to draw out of this parable today. Number one, to give you some specific details that are sort of glossed over in the English translation that we use in the lectionary, which is the New American Bible translation. There are a couple of very specific details to the parable that are very important to understand the impact of what Jesus is saying. So I want to draw those out. And then I want to highlight in a special way how this parable shows us the utter magnificence of the mercy of God towards us. And then finally, to finish with the conclusion that Jesus gives us at the end of the parable, which is making the connection between God's forgiveness of us and our forgiveness of others. Right? That we will not receive forgiveness from God if we do not forgive others. And to draw that point out a little bit. So first of all, in our translation that we heard at Mass, the, the servant who's brought in before the Master is said to owe a huge amount. That's how this translation renders it. Technically, what is said here in this Gospel passage is that he owes his Master 10,000 talents. Now, most people hear talents and they're not quite sure, well, what does that mean exactly? A talent was an ancient uh, weight measurement. It was typically used to measure precious metals and other similar things. And a talent in the Roman Empire was about 71 pounds. So if you can imagine a talent of silver would have been worth massive amounts of money, 71 pounds of silver. I've never even seen what that would look like <laughs> in my life. So the, the servant here who's brought in to his master is in debt 10,000 talents. That's an astronomical debt. I, I was doing the math because uh, I was told, you know, in some of the commentaries I was reading, they said a talent would be about 15 years worth of wages for, your, for a typical day laborer. 
And so I was saying, okay, if, if the average, you take an average salary, maybe a modest salary of $50,000 a year, and you know, do, the, do the math. Basically, this servant was in debt to the master $7.5 billion. <laughs> $7.5 billion. Just an absurd, an absurd debt. And then the second servant, who we're told owes the first servant a much smaller amount. And it's a much smaller amount. He owes him, we're told in the gospel, a hundred denarii. A denarius was what you would receive after a day's work in the Roman world. So the way it often worked, you'd be hired just a day at a time if you were just sort of a normal manual laborer. We get an image of this in that other parable in the gospel where Jesus says the master of a vineyard would go to the town square and there would just be guys there and he would hire them for the day, right? This was a day laborer and if you worked a full day's, uh, a full day's worth of work, at the end you would get a denarius, right? This, this coin, basically. And the second servant in today's parable owes the first one a hundred of those, a hundred denarii. So if we take the same modest yearly salary of about $50,000, we would say that the second servant owes the first one about 15 grand, like re a reasonable amount that could actually be repaid versus $7.5 billion. Right. The last thing you need to know before we unpack how this parable shows us the tremendous mercy of God is that the parable is very clearly uh, an allegory where the, the figures represent and, and the talents represent different things. So the master very clearly is God. The servant who owes 10,000 talents is all of us. All of us are in debt to God in an extraordinary amount, an infinite amount. We are in debt to God. The fellow servant, of course, is just our neighbors, our brother, right? Um, those, those who are in our life. And the talents, every commentary I ran across from the fathers of the church and others, they, they all equate the talents or the denarii to sins, right? Recall that the passage right before this in Matthew's Gospel was the account of fraternal correction. Jesus says, if your brother sins against you, here's how you deal with it. You go and tell him his fault individually, and then you bring a couple others, and then you bring the church, and so on. And so Jesus follows, you know, Peter follows that up with the question, well, Lord, if my brother sins against me, you know, how often do I have to forgive him? Right? Jesus explains, you know, not seven times, but 77 times. In other words, always, as, ma as many times as he asks for forgiveness, you have to forgive him. And then he follows it up with this parable. And, and so what we have here is Jesus talking about the debt owed to God, or the debt owed us from somebody else, or us to somebody else, due to sins. So the talents and the denarii represent a debt of, of sin. So with all that in mind, now we can kind of unpack the parable a little bit and draw out some really, really beautiful things. So the parable highlights, I would say, two aspects of the condition in which we find ourselves in because of our sins. Uh, two aspects, you might say, of our misery, really, um, in conjunction with the debt that 
that we owe God because of our, our sins. The first thing that the parable highlights by Jesus giving this incredible amount of 10,000 talents is that the debt we have to God due to our sins is just more than we can possibly fathom. It's more than we can possibly fathom. Uh, far more than any debt that we could incur against another human being by sinning against them. There are a few reasons for this. I'll, I'll read to you what St. John Chrysostom has to say about why the debt that we have to God in terms of sin is so much greater than the debt we incur against someone else when we sin against them. He says, There is as great a distance between sins committed against man and sins committed against God as there is between 10,000 talents and 100 denarii. And then he gives three reasons for why this is the case. He says, first of all, on account of the greatness of the persons, one is an offense against the human being, one is a, an offense against the divine being. It's very difficult for us to comprehend the infinite gap between those two. The second reason, he says, is that due to the frequency of offense, we just sin against God far more than we sin against our fellow men. But the last one I want to draw your attention to in a particular way says the third reason that the debt we incur against God because of sin is so much bigger than against our fellow men is this. He says, because of the favors that we have received from God, because the favors we've received from God far outweigh, far outweigh, any favors we've received from another human being, no matter how well they've, they've loved us, the favors we've been given by God are just going to be infinitely greater. And therefore, the offense against God, when we do it, is going to produce that much greater of a debt. He goes on to say, For God created us out of nothing, and He created all things because of us, he breathed into us a rational soul. He sent us His Son. He opened heaven to us. And He made us His children. Should we therefore die each day for Him, could we repay Him? Far from it. So the, the first thing to get right about this parable is just how big... <laughs> how big our debt is to the Lord. Not only because of all of these gifts that He's given to us, creating us, adopting us as His children, and so on, but in a particular way as the parable is trying to highlight because of the sins that we've uh, incurred against Him. The second thing the parable highlights is that about this debt that we have to God, we can do nothing we can do nothing about it. We have no power to chip away at this debt. Can you imagine being in debt $7.5 billion to another human being and you, you couldn't even chip away at it, much less you know pay it off entirely? You would just despair. You'd just say, okay, well, bankruptcy, whatever. <laughs> um, it, it, it would just... It would be such a difficult situation. With the Lord, we, we can do nothing. 
in our own power to cancel the debt that we have against him. You know, St. Paul says that we're, we're helpless. He came to save us while we were helpless, right? And this is true, this is true of all of us. We read about the servant, he said he had no way of paying it back. He had no way of paying it back. And now we move into this piece. So this is the situation of our misery. We have this gigantic debt to God. We can't, pay, we can't do anything about it. And then, and then what happens next in the parable is really astonishing. So the, the servant comes before his master and the master says, okay, since you can't pay the $7.5 billion debt, I'm going to have to sell you and your wife and your kids into slavery to at least chip away to some of it. And one of the things we're being taught here is that if we give ourselves to a life of sin, we become slaves. That's one of the things that's being taught here by that image. The master says, all right, I'm going to have to sell you all into slavery to, to pay at least some of the debt. And the servant freaks out. He says, please, <laughs> please don't do that. He, he falls on his knees, we read in the Gospel. He says, please don't do that, anything. Like just, and then he asks the Master for something very interesting. He says, please just give me time. Just give me time and I'll pay you back in full. <laughs> I'll pay you back in full. Jesus' listeners would have laughed at that. You're going to pay back $7.5 billion? Yeah, right. Even if you had a hundred lifetimes, he wouldn't be able to pay that back. But he's just, he's so afraid in this moment of being sold into slavery along with his family, he's just saying anything to get himself out of this predicament. Just give me time and I'll pay you back in full. And what happens next? Friends, this is, this is where you get to the shocking nature of the mercy of God. Because what does the Master do? He doesn't just accede to his request and give him time. He cancels the whole debt in one fell swoop. He forgives all of it. 7.5 billion, no problem, my friend. Gone, wiped away. We read in the Gospel, it's because he was moved with compassion. Moved with compassion. And he wipes away his debt. Right? We can press even more into this. When we look at this servant, why does he beg for time? It's because he's afraid about what's going to happen to him and his family. He's concerned for himself. We're given no indication that the servant cares one iota that he's put his master, who seems to be a very kind man, into $7.5 billion of debt. He seems to not blink an eye at that, to not care. He's just concerned for himself. He just doesn't want to be sold. And even with that selfish motivation, which the master can clearly see, he wipes away the entire debt. It's astonishing. That servant, I guarantee you, when he appeared before that master and was told that 
he owed that much money, it was not the last thought in his mind that the master would even consider wiping away the debt. He did not think that was on the table at all. That was just an impossibility. Can you imagine if you worked at some company and you were charged with, I don't know, some serious accounts or whatever, and you got your boss and the company into $7.5 billion of debt that they weren't expecting, and you go to meet with them, there is no way on God's green earth that you would expect him to, to be, all right, no problem, like we'll take care of it. 7.5 billion, yeah, no big deal, right? Absolutely not. <laughs> and that's what the master does for the servant. Far more than what he requests. He just asks for a little time and he gets the whole debt forgiven. And even though his motive was clearly self-centered. Friends, this is what happens often when we go to confession. You and I go to confession and we bring our debt, our sins, before God the Father. And oftentimes, honestly, for many of us, our, our motive is, is in, imperfect. It's what we would call imperfect contrition. The reason we're there confessing our sins is because we're afraid of something bad happening to us, namely hell. So that's what imperfect contrition is. So we go before God the Father. We say, please, <laughs> Please free me from this debt. I don't want to go to hell. And God would have every right. He would have every right to say, you know what? Why don't, why don't you go off and for a little bit and when you feel like you've worked up at least a little bit of sorrow for crucifying my son with your sins, then come back and, and I'll forgive you. He would have every right in the world to demand that of us. But does he do that? He does not. He's moved with compassion even when we have self-centered sorrow. Even when it's not a thought in our mind when we're in confession, that we're there because we've hurt His Son and put Him on the cross. Even when we're just concerned for ourselves, He still wipes away our whole debt. It's insane mercy. Can you imagine for a moment, especially those of you who are parents, you had a child who was murdered the murderer of your child comes to you and they beg that you grant them forgiveness because they're afraid of receiving some civil punishment of some kind. They don't really even care that much that they took your child from you. They're just afraid of what's going to happen to them if the full force of the law falls on their head. And they come to you and say, please forgive me. I don't, I'm not really bothered too much about taking your child from you, but I'm really scared about the punishment that could come my way if I don't receive this forgiveness. How many of you would be moved with compassion by that? 
Probably none of you. I wouldn't. That is, that is what God does to us. <laughs> when we show up, we're just concerned for ourselves, And He forgives us everything. Wipes it away. We don't understand <laughs> how great is the mercy of God. It is unbelievable, friends. Unbelievable. Right. Finally, the Lord says at the end of the Gospel, and this is kind of His main point, He names a condition for receiving this extraordinary forgiveness. He says it's not quite free. Number one, we have to have at least a little shred of contrition, even the smallest bit suffices, which is already a gift beyond anything we could possibly imagine, that he would require so little. But he has one other condition, which is that we have to forgive others. He mentions this so many times throughout his public life. Every time we pray that our Father we agree to this principle. We say, forgive us our trespasses as what? As we forgive those who trespass against us. We're saying, when we say that, we're saying, Lord, I want you to forgive me to the degree that I have forgiven others. In the Sermon on the Mount, in the Beatitudes, Jesus says, blessed are the merciful, in other words, those who show mercy to, to others. For they will be shown mercy from God. On Tuesday of Holy Week, St. Mark gives us these little lines from our Lord. He says that, that, that Jesus said, Whenever you stand praying, forgive if you have anything against anyone, so that your Father also who is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. And, of course, we hear at the end of the Gospel today when the servant who's been let go of 10,000 talents worth of debt and refuses to let go of a measly 15 grand from his fellow servant. We hear that the Lord, the Master, hands him over to the torturers and, and all the 10,000 talents worth of debt falls crashing back onto his head. Now he does have to repay it himself, which, of course, is impossible. So it's a sign of the eternal punishment of hell. That's what Jesus is getting at. And then Jesus goes on to say, the same will happen to us <laughs> unless we forgive our brother from the heart. Unless we forgive our brother from the heart. Friends, if we've been forgiven 10,000 talents, 7.5 billion, <laughs> who are we to not turn around and, and offer forgiveness for such small things to others, right? Let us pray today that we all might be vessels, channels of God's mercy, receiving it abundantly from such a generous Father and letting it pass through us to the world.
I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all things visible and invisible. I believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, born of the Father before all ages, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, made consubstantial with the Father. Through him all things were made for us men and for our salvation. He came down from heaven, by the Holy Spirit, was incarnate of the Virgin Mary, and became man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried, and rose again on the third day, in accordance with the Scriptures. He ascended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. I believe in the Holy Spirit. Behold, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is adored and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. I believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church, and I confess one baptism for the forgiveness of sins, and I look forward to the resurrection of the dead, life of the world to come. Amen. We now bring our prayers before our Heavenly Father. For the reconciling church that brings healing to penitents, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For men and women skilled in the art of diplomacy to diffuse global tensions, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For those who cannot forgive and forget, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For all of our sick, for those in need, for our bereaved, for the intentions of the parish and the diocese, for these we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. And for the forgiveness of the sins of those who have died, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, we bring all these prayers to you. We ask that you would hear and answer them through Christ our Lord. Amen.
Pray, brethren, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. Look with favor on our supplications, O Lord, and in your kindness accept these your servants' offerings, that what each has offered to the honor of your name may serve the salvation of all. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. <coughs> Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks. Lord, Holy Father, almighty and eternal God, through Christ our Lord, for by his birth he brought renewal to humanity's fallen state, and by his suffering canceled out our sins. By his rising from the dead he has opened the way to eternal life, and by ascending to you, O Father, he has unlocked the gates of heaven. And so with the company of angels and saints, we sing the hymn of your praise, as without end we acclaim. Sanctus, To you, therefore, most merciful Father, we make humble prayer and petition through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, that you accept and bless these gifts, these offerings, these holy and unblemished sacrifices, which we offer you firstly for your holy Catholic Church. Be pleased to grant her peace, to guard, unite, and govern her throughout the whole world, together with your servant Francis, our Pope, and James, our Bishop, and all those who, holding to the truth, hand on the Catholic and apostolic faith. Remember, Lord, your servants. and all gathered here whose faith and devotion are known to you. For them we offer you this sacrifice of praise, or they offer it for themselves and all who are dear to them. 
for the redemption of their souls in hope of health and well-being, and paying their homage to you, the eternal God, living and true, in communion with those whose memory we venerate, especially the glorious ever-Virgin Mary, Mother of our God and Lord Jesus Christ, and blessed Joseph, her spouse, your blessed apostles and martyrs, Peter and Paul, Andrew, James, John, Thomas, James, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Simon, and Jude, Linus, Cletus, Clement, Sixtus, Cornelius, Cyprian, Lawrence, Chrysogonus, John, and Paul, Cosmas, and Damian, and all your saints. We ask that through their merits and prayers, in all things we may be defended by your protecting help. Therefore, Lord, we pray, graciously accept this oblation of our service, that of your whole family, order our days in your peace, and command that we be delivered from eternal damnation and counted among the flock of those you have chosen. Be pleased, O God, we pray, to bless, acknowledge, and approve this offering in every respect. Make it spiritual and acceptable, so that it may become for us the body and blood of your most beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. On the day before he was to suffer, he took bread in his holy and venerable hands, and with eyes raised to heaven, to you, O God, his Almighty Father. Giving you thanks, he said the blessing, broke the bread, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took this precious chalice in his holy and venerable hands, and once more giving you thanks, he said the blessing and gave the chalice to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. Mysterium Fidei Mortem Tuam Annunciamus Domine Et Tuam Resurrectionem Confitemus Donec Therefore, O Lord, as we celebrate the memorial of the blessed passion, the resurrection from the dead, and the glorious ascension into heaven of Christ, your Son, our Lord, we, your servants and your holy people, offer to your glorious majesty from the gifts that you've given us, this pure victim, this holy victim, this spotless victim, the holy bread of eternal life and the chalice of everlasting salvation. 
be pleased to look upon these offerings with a serene and kindly countenance and to accept them as once you were pleased to accept the gifts of your servant Abel the just, the sacrifice of Abraham our father in faith, and the offering of your high priest Melchizedek, a holy sacrifice, a spotless victim. In humble prayer we ask you, Almighty God, command that these gifts be borne by the hands of your holy angel to your altar on high and the sight of your divine majesty, so that all of us who through this participation at the altar receive the most holy body and blood of your Son may be filled with every grace and heavenly blessing. Remember also, Lord, your servants who have gone before us with the sign of faith and rest in the sleep of peace. Grant them, O Lord, we pray, and all who sleep in Christ, a place of refreshment, light, and peace. To us also, your servants, who those sinners, hope in your abundant mercies, graciously grant some share in fellowship with your holy apostles and martyrs, with John the Baptist, Stephen, Matthias, Barnabas, Ignatius, Alexander, Marcellinus, Peter, Felicity, Perpetua, Agatha, Lucy, Agnes, Cecilia, Anastasia, and all your saints. Admit us, we beseech you, into their company not weighing our merits, but granting us your pardon. Through Christ our Lord, through whom you continue to make all these good things, O Lord, you sanctify them, fill them with life, bless them, and bestow them upon us. Through him and with him and in him, O God, almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen. Precepti salutaribus moniti et divin institutione formati audemus dicere Pater noster qui es in celis Sanctificetur nomen tuum, adveniat regnum tuum, fiat voluntas tua, sicut in celo et in terra, panem nostrum quotidianum da nobis odie, Medimite nobis, debita nostra, sicur et nos dimitimus, debitoribus nostris, et ne nos inducas in tentationem, se libera nos Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil, Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. 
The peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us offer each other the sign of peace. Peace be with you. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. The body of Christ. Amen. 
body press body press the body press the body press the body press the body press amen the body press 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 the body the body press 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 The body press. 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 body press the 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 body press 
the body press. 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 The body press.
let us pray. May the working of this heavenly gift, O Lord, we pray, take possession of our minds and bodies so that its effects and not our own desires may always prevail in us. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Go in peace. Thanks be to God. Saint Michael, the archangel, archangel defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. We God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And to the Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking souls. Let us now offer the chaplet of divine mercy. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You expired, Jesus, but the source of life gushed forth for souls, and the ocean of mercy opened up for the whole world. O fount of life, unfathomable divine mercy, envelop the whole world and empty yourself out upon us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us in this manner of the hour of our death. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty, whence he shall come to judge the living and the dead. Eternal Father, I offer to you the body and blood, soul and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. Eternal Father, I offer to you the body and blood, soul and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. 
for the sake of his sorrowful passion. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Eternal Father, I offer to you the body and blood, soul and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. 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 Eternal Father, I offer to you the body and blood, soul and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. 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 Eternal Father, I offer to you the body and blood, soul, and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. 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 Holy God, Holy Mighty One, Holy Immortal One, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Holy God, Holy Mighty One, Holy Immortal One, have mercy on us and the whole world. Holy God, Holy Mighty One, Immortal One, have mercy on us and on the whole O blood and water, which gush forth from the heart of Jesus as a fountain of mercy for us, I trust in you. O blood and water, which gush forth from the heart of Jesus, 
as a fountain of mercy for us, I trust in you. O blood and water, which gushed forth from the heart of Jesus, as a fountain of mercy for us, I trust in you. Eternal God, in whom mercy is endless, and the treasury of compassion inexhaustible, look kindly upon us and increase your mercy in us, that in difficult moments we might not despair nor become despondent, but with great confidence submit ourselves to your holy will, which is love and mercy itself. Amen. Our Lady of Good Counsel, St. Faustina, St. John Paul II, St. Joseph, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Military as well, then? Or? Uh, kind of. Yeah. Kind of. Okay, great. Okay. Great. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Where uh, Where do you live now? We're in Northern Virginia. Literally met him, and he's like, I hear that's that's kind of a beautiful. I hear that's a beautiful part of the country, right? Are you in? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I studied with a bunch of Arlington guys, so, yeah, 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 yeah. Thanks, yeah, yeah, it's a great place to be, so, yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah, yeah, Rick. Oh, wow, thanks, man. Okay. Friday the 13th. 
I'm wondering if there's some way we can do some sort of valve renewal ceremony yep. either before or after the moon mass on Friday. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, if you, uh, do you email much? Yeah, I, I'll, yeah. I just wanted to give you a heads up. Oh, yeah. Drop you an email and we'll work with whoever you yeah no for sure yeah if you if you just want to drop me an email yeah i'd be happy to do that yeah so yeah yeah 50 years that's awesome yeah yeah that's great hey hey what's up question for you so in regard to people attending the inquiry sessions oh yeah so there's several people i know that i and i just wanted to ask your advice if i should maybe just keep praying about it or yeah but the people that i know that should come are the ones who think they're catholic and they're not so yeah. they wouldn't consider themselves being following Catholics, but truly, mm. really they are because they think they, you know, I think that's the scary thing. That's why I homeschool them is they go to a Catholic school, they think they're Catholic because there's a pastor there and there's all right. the teachers. So they think they are, but they're not. Like go, not going to Mass on Sunday and then whenever they pop in, they pop in for something and receiving Jesus. Yeah. And I'm not sure how to present that or maybe that's not what you're wanting or what your thoughts are on that. Yeah, you'd have to kind of tread carefully there. I think both for the atmosphere of downstairs and for that, um, for them as well. Yeah. You know, like you don't want them to interpret it as like that we're so pious. Like you guys don't know what it means to be Catholic, yeah. so let me bring you to this thing. You yeah, know? yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And they're aware of it. They're at that point of yeah. acknowledging they're not, which is the first step to anything, right? Yeah. So like, yeah, if they were truly falling away and like had bad catechesis and they had an openness to like learning about the faith before coming back, that's kind of who we're targeting okay. more. So they're not the right ones anyway. I don't, it doesn't sound like it. Yeah. And it's yeah. hard to know how to say to them because we saw some, I saw a young lady that I knew a long time ago and she was doing mass all the time then. And so we talked about her coming here and everything and then yeah. she started telling me that she hasn't been going to mass and everything. Yeah. So I'm like, I, I just felt like, I'm not somebody usually ever says what I know or anything, but yeah. I felt like she was probably receiving communion and I said, no, sure. that you can't do that, April, right? And she just kind of looked at me and I thought she was going to get mad, but she didn't, but then she's been different ever since, but I thought maybe I shouldn't have said that, but at the same time, who's going to tell her? Yeah. Yeah. But who's going to tell her though? I mean, obviously, yeah. nobody's going to tell them, so or should I not have said that? I mean, that's a, you have to follow the Holy Spirit on that. I can't, you you know her best, right? So sometimes people need to be told. <laughs> yeah. I told you it was good, but you were like, no. Oh, okay. Well, I thought, okay. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't know where that was. I mean, I knew yeah. her. Like, it was somebody that I had reached out to and kind of helped and took to mass yeah. years ago when the kids yeah. were young. And she reached out and said, I miss you. And so then we met up. And so, anyway. Yeah, yeah. But that's not what you're, it, it's not what you're looking for anyway. So I don't think so, yeah. There's yeah. so many of them, though, isn't there? I know. Um, but I think that, that sort of stuff is better for, like, one-on-one -on -one conversations. And you got to work on them a bit Almost to get the pride, to get the maybe some obstinacy or like down before that kind of stuff would be fruitful, right? Well, so, she did start, as a yeah. matter of fact, she's a secretary at one of the Catholic churches, so she started going to daily mass when she could. Okay. So she's, and so that was good. Oh, but, that's great, yeah. Yeah, and it's almost like issue by issue. If you can bring up the issue when they're not thinking in the yeah. perspective, in God's perspective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, keep working on them. I think it's just, you just gotta do the organic way for now. And then, okay. yeah, okay. yeah. Right. Thank you, Father. Yep. See ya. Yeah. Good to see you, man. Yeah. 
Long time no see. Hey, what do you what do you got here? Uh, my wife has some gifts she'd like to have blessed. Great, sure. Just some one or two. Yeah, yeah. You got some Saint Saint dolls or something yeah, there, some and then stuffies, and then some little ones, and then okay. Uh, just there for some little ones. Okay, great, awesome. Um, well, may all these images of, of our Lord and, and saints and all who venerate them be blessed in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Here, let me sprinkle some holy water on them. All right. There you go. Welcome. Yeah. Hey. Welcome. Yeah. Good. 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 Just going to do the old baptism here. So, going to go get some, some coffee and donuts? Nice. Right. Hey, Alice. Hey, Alice. Hey, let me just check Alice real quick. What time would be good today? Um, well, you can talk any, what's convenient for you. I think Jim is, you know. I'm trying to think. Yeah. Are you guys having any sort of like party or something? Yeah, yeah, you're oh, welcome to come. Great. I know you have. You know, oh, that's you great. Need to pop down, but you're very welcome. We're just having lunch. After okay. Lunch. At your house. Maybe at like uh, one thirty. Okay. Okay. See you then. All right. Thanks. We do need to do it back in the. In the I couldn't. I didn't find him. In the back street? Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. I have kind of a lot of people, but. Yeah, we can. Typically, what I've been doing is we can open these doors. Um, and then also, if people want to watch during the actual baptism part, they can come out and watch from the window if they want. Um, but okay. Yeah, eventually, don't tell anybody, but eventually, I'm gonna, we're going to build a baptistry right over there, parallel to the confessional. <laughs> Like eight signs, right? Yes. Isn't that yes. the tradition? Yes, octagonal. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah, I'll be back in a couple minutes. Right. So. Do you know where the key belongs? No. The silver one. 